corporate attorneys, they're going to take, say, say a startup. I think there's multiple instances where corporate attorneys would get involved with an energy company. But say it's a solar panel, a photovoltaic startup, right? And so a corporate attorney could be in an emerging company's practice where they're going to first, you know, may, maybe help form that startup, do those sort of documents to get them actually, you know, to be a company. And then they're going to take them through their funding life cycle. We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here. The solar industry in the U.S. employs more people than Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter combined. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Welcome to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode number 107, 107 happens right now, and we continue along with our University of Houston Cougs Energizing the Energy Transition Series with third-year law student Kevin Donovan today, talking all things corporate law and what it means to the energy transition. We'll get to that in just a second, but before we do that, let's hear from our CEO and co-founder, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you what it is we do here at eRenewable. At eRenewable, we know going green is important to your business and your ESG rating. Besides offering PPAs and VPPAs, through our network of clean energy professionals, we can also offer renewable natural gas, or let us help you lower your carbon footprint with responsibly sourced gas from a leading global energy provider. Maybe you need green energy credits, whether it's unbundled RECs or RSG certificates. Your path to net zero and decarbonization is one step closer with the renewable. For more assistance, please call us at 1-866-E-Renew1. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. You can find out more about the company over at eRenewable.com as well as our LinkedIn page, eRenewable and the Grid Insider Podcast. Give us a follow over there. You will be glad you did. And then, of course, always, it allows you to be part of our Follower Friday series, which this Friday we're very excited about. We recap and put a bow on our conference series, at least for the first two conferences that we were at in 2022, the Energy Marketing Conferences and the Grid Next from Cleantech's folks with Daryl Brown and Ms. Hullabaloos. You definitely do not want to miss that. All right, let's get right down to today's show. Mr. Kevin Donovan, third-year law student from U of H, talking all things Cougs, energizing the energy transition. He plans on being a corporate attorney when he gets done. He breaks down how law affects the energy transition and what it means to renewable energy. He also gets into why he decided to get into law and how he plans to affect the energy transition when he graduates from law school. So without further ado, please welcome to the program, Mr. Kevin Donovan. Kevin Donovan, originally from south of Boston, uh, Massachusetts, town called Whitman. I think we founded the chocolate chip cookie, so pretty big deal. But uh, yeah, from there, went to Providence College in Rhode Island and did ROTC while I was in college, and so ended up commissioning uh, second lieutenant in the military and did intelligence work as an intelligence officer and ended up stationed at Fort Hood. So how does that get me to Houston? Well, my wife, who I didn't even know for that long, I mean, you know, like less than a year, decided to come to Texas with me. So That's I, very, I, it's a very I, military thing to do, by the way. Yeah. So I'm, I made a good impression. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she came. So she came. Uh, we hadn't been married yet, but we got married soon thereafter. And she went to Baylor Law School while I was there, and you know, went you know, so deployed, came back, did some time as uh, like second in command of a company, and so a lot of really, really good experiences. But my wife ended up doing a, what we call in the law school sphere, I guess like a big law summer. 
in Houston. So she was in Houston for 10 weeks at a firm, Norton Rose Fulbright. And, you know, in that time period, the firms are pretty nice. So they, uh, they let spouses come out or, you know, significant others come to events. So I came to some events and I was just like, wow, like, I really like these people. Yeah. And, you know, it pays a little better. So I was just like, hey, and I mean, really, the pay thing is she was making the big bucks now. So like me dragging her around the country with a military career probably wasn't going to sell. And so I decided, you know, let's get out and let me let me go to law school at University of Houston. And so that's why I'm in Houston. There's other law schools in the city of Houston, though. In fact, we've got three wonderful law schools here in the in the great city of Houston, Texas. Why U of H? You know, I don't want to speak badly on other law schools, but I, I think University of Houston is the, is the one that probably fields the most people to big law firms. Okay. And so that's, that was what I wanted to do. I saw that that's what she was doing. I think I came in very, very early on or even before I went. I was like, you know, I think I want to do corporate law. And University of Houston fields a lot of people to corporate law firms doing energy transactional work. And that's what I was interested in doing. So it seemed like a no-brainer. I mean, there's other, there's other schools in Texas, but, you know, we, when my wife was looking... I think we just liked Houston a lot. I mean, it is a melting pot of a city. Sure. And you, you meet I, I feel like I don't meet Texans that often in Houston, or, or as, as often as I meet people from somewhere else, including New England. You make it here to Houston. How long have you been here at U of H? I am a third-year law student. So I think we, we bought a place here like almost exactly three years ago. Okay. So you've been here in, in H-Town for the last three years. You know, look, there's there, there's an energy aspect of New England. I mean, we get that. It's a port city, what have you, all right? I mean, that's, that's part of it. But let's call it what it is. Houston is the energy capital of the world. You've seen that over the last three years. Now that you've been immersed in the culture, so to speak, what's that transformation been like? Of coming to Houston, amazing. For, for one, coming from Boston, I mean, incredible place to visit, right? It's uh, The history's amazing. It's, it's a very pretty city. There's seasons. That's cool. And I, I ski. There's snow up there, so that's kind of nice. But it's, it's just not incredibly livable. Whereas you're in Houston, I mean, you can live 10 minutes from downtown with, without, you know, like that, almost no traffic in an actual place. I mean, you can get your own apartment for like a thousand bucks here. You can't do that in Boston. You'll be sharing, you know, a, a space with three, four other people. And so that, that livability, the walkability, the parkability, try to park in Southie, in Boston, it's gonna take you like 30 minutes. And so I'm, I'm a huge believer in efficiency. I'm okay. like almost obsessed with it, but you know, I, I, I reel myself back. And it's just, life is so efficient here. You know, you, you get up, you go to your, you know, you have a how, home where you can actually like work out of, because it's actually big enough to work out of. And then you can go and you can drive to school, you can park easily, and it just saves so much time not sitting in traffic all day and just having space to do things. I mean, it's amazing. I'm curious to know how law can affect energy. Well, like some ideas that you, you have as of now. I had, I, I had a feeling this question would come up because it's just like, what, what do you mean you want to do corporate law and you're here on an energy transition <laughs> podcast? And so here's my sale for why corporate attorneys can make change in energy transition. And so for me, I am, yeah, I probably, you know, hopefully no one inter that interviewed me for law jobs hears this because they're going to be like, he just used, he used the same laws in his, in his interviews. But I mean, I, I truly believe this. I think business is the greatest medium for growth and change in the country, in the world. I, I fully believe that. And so what do corporate attorneys do? I mean, we guide businesses. Oh, disclaimer, I'm not a corporate attorney yet. So you're hearing this from a law student's perspective. I've done an internship. I, I work part-time, but you know, I've done some deals or worked on some deals. But like, yeah, so you're law school's law student's perspective. But from my perspective, corporate attorneys 
they're going to take, say, say a startup. I think there's multiple instances where corporate attorneys would get involved with an energy company. Right. But say it's a solar panel, a photovoltaic startup, right? And so a corporate attorney could be in an emerging company's practice where they're going to first, you know, may, maybe help form that startup, do those sort of documents to get them actually, you know, to be a company. And then they're going to take them through their funding life cycle. And so what's that going to start out with? Probably some sort of venture capital work, you know, where it's a really high risk company. It's very early on. And then you're going to move through different probably funding rounds where you're going to move, you know, into more sophisticated investors and, and eventually private equity firms are going to be investing. And all these investors, they're going to have certain terms. And, you know, to have a, a startup CEO try to navigate those terms is incredibly difficult. And so a corporate attorney can come in and can assist that startup in growing until some sort of exit event or until they, maybe they take that company public and now it's just it's a larger company that you you know you have public shareholders you know people like you and I investing in that company or on on another way that corporate attorney can help somebody maybe acquire that startup so that that you know some sort of exit event where they actually sell and so that I think is huge for energy transition I think especially now it's going to become even bigger is take a company like Shell that's you know I think they're becoming very I mean your podcast I think has said they're becoming very interested in electricity, in the renewable energy space, what's a better business move for Shell? Is it to invest $100 million in a research and development to potentially to have the chance at inventing this, you know, more efficient solar panel that's going to, you know, get more kilowatt hours? Or is it smarter for them to let 100 different companies try to invent this technology and then to buy the one that actually makes the best solar panel technology for $100 million. I mean, that's, that's the way a lot of these big companies work. And I'm sure they do research and development. They're always you know, refining their craft. And then also, what's better for that startup company? Because that startup company, once they have really good technology and they've proven it works, they need to scale that technology, right? They need to grow and scale. And is it easier for them to get a ton of funding and make their own massive infrastructure? Or is it better for them to sell to Shell that can then scale that technology very quickly with infrastructure that's already in place. And so that's one other way. And then I think the third way is in like the public markets, you have all these disclosure requirements, right? And I think this is becoming really big in the energy transition space now with these new climate effect disclosures that the right. SEC, all this new ESG stuff is coming out. SEC is proposing climate disclosure and corporate attorneys can help companies navigate those disclosures. And I think corporate attorneys do this all the time because there's well, always, have to now, right? yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that that's going to be an incredibly big business for Houston if those proposals get passed. I mean, the companies are already doing that sort of stuff. Say, they're you're already doing look, it. Look, you're at the point now where if you don't have somebody that's, you know, well-versed on ESG, then you're, you're already behind the, the eight ball. Right. A absolutely. And, and among a plethora of other requirements, and I think nowadays it's just, I mean, investors used to care about the bottom line and now they care about other stuff. I think it's incredibly important, right? And so at the University of Houston Law Center, and I'm sure that's a school in general as well, but at the Law Center, we have really, really good professors in this space. We have obviously oil and gas professors. I mean, if you're going to practice in the Houston energy space, it makes sense to take oil and gas. It's here. It's going to be here. And these companies that are transitioning, a lot of them were formerly big oil and gas companies. But then also we have really, really good renewable energy law professors. And so Gina Warren, the professor actually recommended, you know, she, she had reached out to me and said, hey, maybe you should do this podcast, I saw it. Um, I took two classes with her, one renewable energy law and one just general energy law and policy. Who was this? Uh, Gina Warren. Shout out to uh, Professor Warren. Professor for, Warren. Uh, loving us up. Yep, yep, She's ac excellent, and she writes on hydropower. She also writes on 
energy consumption with marijuana. So very interesting. I think she's writing or wrote something on like energy consumption and wine as well. So she's got some cool topics. She might. She might. A lot of, a lot of suburban moms can probably appreciate that aspect. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. So all right, let me ask you this then: What does the energy transition mean to you? What does it mean to me? That's right. Yeah. I think what the energy transition means to me, in large part, is less waste. And so I said, like, I'm. I love efficiency, right? And so I think, yes, obviously the climate will benefit I, that you know that's that's been proven right but and 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 that and that's influential but i you know i view the use the, the way that the you know energy the world's been electrified right or been powered for these past several years there's just been a lot of waste right and it's a lot of it's just technological development hasn't been there we haven't had the renewable energy technology we haven't had even like the more efficient oil and gas or you know natural gas technology to help move things forwards, and as we begin you begin to progress, you're going to now no longer have to use resources to keep the grid on. You're going to have solar. You're going to have wind, and you know, there's things we haven't even tapped into, right? Like yeah, what like the tidal current uh, renewable energy or geothermals, really a small amount tapped into. And so I mean, all of that stuff. That's those are resources that are floating around that they're, they're going to be there all the time. And we haven't been using them. That seems like a waste to use resources that we have. And I think there's going to be a place for oil and gas. I mean, you have Elon Musk, obviously huge proponent of energy transition, saying that, you know, you're going to need fossil fuels to go to space. Yeah. And so that seems like the future of our world. And so not that those things will go away, but they're going to become more efficient while we have new technologies that are going to take the place where those technologies may have been, you know, in place prior. And you kind of maybe already answered this a little bit, but how are you, are you doing it now and or how do you plan to affect the energy transition as a corporate attorney? Okay, so, so I, talked, I, I gave my sale for corporate attorneys. I will say, I, I not only do I want to be an attorney, but I want to be an attorney for Latham & Watkins, which is the firm I'm going to be at because okay. I, I just think they're incredible. So shout out to Latham & Watkins. Shout out to Latham. I, I uh, appreciate you plugging that. Yeah, you've got you you to plug them. Shooting your shot. I got to plug them. That. There's some more plugs. <laughs> There's some more plugs <laughs> coming in. Started. There's some more plugs coming in. So obviously, that's, that's my future. Those are my goals. I mean, how am I affecting it now? I think a big thing for me in law school has been mentorship. Okay. And you know, I'm sure it's probably something you're going to hear from other people because I think – a lot of people who have gotten to this point where they're in law school have had good mentors. And so to pass that on is incredible. And so for me in law school, how have I done that? I've been a teaching assistant and that allows me to mentor 60, 65 students. And I don't know, I actually didn't have teaching assistants in undergrad, but in law school, a lot of teaching assistants might take on roles beyond just, this is how this professor, you know, grades their contracts, exams, and this is the material. But, you know, we go into other things like for me, you know, what is the what does the legal job market look like? How are you going to go through and navigate legal recruiting? And then, you know, different sorts of just tips and tricks to how do you navigate your first semester in law school? Because your first semester in law school is crazy. I'm talking like I felt like I was plugged into the matrix getting like information. Down. I mean, I'm talking like headaches. Right? And this is not to deter people from going to law school because I think it's an incredible thing to do. But I mean, that was one way I did. I was a student mentor and that was similar. And then also I, I run the Houston Law Review's podcast, Emphasis Added. That's a plug. Uh, <laughs> that's a definite plug. Apple and Spotify. 
uh, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. So we're in, uh, we're in, yeah, we're on okay. video as well. So definitely check that out. YouTube hair. I don't have YouTube hair, so I can't pull it off. <laughs> we can, you can, we can put some stuff in there. I'll wear, I'll wear a hat. <laughs> so, so that, and, and but through that podcast, um, I've kind of almost codified my advice with other students in the law review through something that we created called the Law School Real Talk series, where we basically, you know, talked about things like. How do you, you know, crush those first year grades, which are incredibly important in law school for jobs? Yeah. How do you, you know, navigate that legal recruiting market? And like, what do we do in a law review? Because I think it's an amazing experience, but a lot of people, especially, you know, those with, that are their first generation students. And, and that is me, fortunately I have my wife, but I was a first generation student and I would have no idea. What, why, why would I want to do all this extra work in law review? That sounds terrible, but it's an incredible opportunity. Employers love it and you just gain really good attention to detail and all these other things. And so that's what I'm doing now that I think is making a difference. Why, and we know who told you about the podcast, but what decided, what made you decide to go ahead and throw your name in the hat? Which by the way, shout out to you for coming up with the name, Coog's Energizing Energy Transition, fantastic name. What made you decide to throw your name in the hat? Yes, go Cougs. Go um, so pr- Professor reached out to me, and I was just like, hey, I've been a podcast host. I, I think we have, we do like, you guys put out a lot of episodes, by the way. Congrats on your 100th. Thank you. It was awesome. It was a good episode, too, on, on Bitcoin stuff. There you go. And so I had written on um, Bitcoin stuff. Okay. And so an article for a class um, and submitted for publication. Maybe someone will pick it up. But I, I was just like, hey, this seems interesting enough. I'd love to be a guest on a podcast. I've, I've been a host. And so let me just throw my name in the hat and see if you all want to talk to me. What's the difference? And this is just more from my perspective. What's the difference yeah. between being a guest versus being a host? For one, I think for me, a lot less preparation because we're talking about stuff I know about. Whereas as a host, I mean, I, I feel for you, man, because you do so many, so many episodes. I mean, the preparation, you got to... You know, you, you at least need to know enough about what this guest knows to be able to ask them questions that you're not putting them on the spot, right? And also, like, so you don't, like, ask questions that are just crazy obvious because people in your audience are going to hopefully have some sort of background. And so, I mean, the amount of prep that goes into that. Also, like, I just brought, like, a water and, like, a notepad to this, whereas on my episode, <laughs> I got to bring the, the, the recording equipment. I got to bring the cameras, the lights. It's great. It's a lot of work. Yeah, because you are doing a YouTube aspect of it, so I do. Yeah. like I said, my hat's off to you for that. Because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with. I'm still got a face for radio, so uh, I'll stick to that. <laughs> Last hey, thing, wait, wait, ladies and gentlemen, yes. that is not true. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought that might have been the case, but he's <laughs> we're talking, we're looking at the full package here. <laughs> Last thing. Last thing, and I'm really anxious to hear your answer on this. Okay. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why should you win this competition? You know, I, I will say to this point, and you know, I know some of the, you know, I know one of the people, the person who I think is coming on after me, Neil, a very smart guy. I think that he is going to be a great contender for second place, right? <laughs> I think I've heard a lot of great contenders for second place. Um, why? Well, you know, I, I just think, I just think I got a, a great face for video, for for audio only. For audio-only podcasts, I think people are going to hear that in my voice, you know. (laughs) Kevin, thank you so much. This has probably been one of the more entertaining uh, podcasts that we've done so far, uh, and we've had some entertaining ones, so I appreciate you. And again, real quick, you graduate uh, this this upcoming May? May. May, take the bar and, you know, finish that in July, 
And then you start working before you get licensed, so yeah. that's kind of cool. They start paying you. So you already have your gig lined up? Lined up. Good to go. Fantastic. Yep, I'm in, man. Congratulations, I know. Man. It's nice. So like I said, you're yep. affecting the energy transition already, and uh, yep. you're hitting the ground running. Now, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Fred. Afria, it's been awesome. Uh, I'm really excited you guys are doing this. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Kevin Donovan. You can catch all of the Green Insider and U of H series over at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and eRenewable.com. Don't forget, part four of the U of H series goes down on Thursday when we welcome Mr. Sobu Rahimi. Great story and a very inspiring story for Mr. Rahimi as well. You certainly want to check that out. And, of course, the follower Friday, and we will put out one more recap part two of the energy marketing conferences. As always, got to give a shout out to the eRenewable team and Mike, Roger, Al, and got to give a very, very championship-like shout out to the entire Jayhawk Nation. Yes, that's right. Me and Mike, we're both Jayhawks. If you haven't figured that out by now, well, rock chalk to you. Wonderful performance last night from our Jayhawks. Shout out to the U of H brethren, okay? That's what being in the Big 12 is all about. Once again, awesome performance. Shout out to Bill Self, the entire men's basketball team, and the entire Kansas alumni. Great day to be a Jayhawk. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. 